Welcome to New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's message. It's always an honor. You ever think about the responsibility and the honor that it is to share God's heart in front of a group of people? And how about just the reality of your life that you get to reflect and to represent him every day, wherever you go, whatever you're doing? It's an honor and a responsibility. And every time I'm in this position, my heart wants to burst because the number one thing I want to do to the body of Christ, his beautiful, glorious bride, you know, you are the glorious, victorious church, is to encourage the body is to edify, to build up the body of Christ. We can build up and edify and strengthen one another just by being in his presence, by being in the word of God. So this morning, I I not only pray that you're strengthened and that you're equipped for every good work, but I also pray that you're challenged. Because being challenged is good. You know, continue to grow, continue to press in, whatever words we want to use, continue to lean in to God for your life, for the purposes of God in your life, it requires a leaning in. It requires a pursuit. Everything we received is free. And our placement, our our positioning with him, the perfect union that we have with God, the perfect union of the finished work of the cross, that we have access to the Father, and now we become co-laborers, secure loved sons and daughters, We have work to do. It's all about advancing the kingdom of God. So it's fun because uh, I like getting a little silly up front, which is going to happen in about a minute or so. But this morning, I felt really impressed that there were a bunch of us here just by being in God's presence. I just want to encourage you, by being in his presence, it says, mountains melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. To embrace and celebrate his goodness will transform your life. Stephen and I talk about this all the time. One of the ways we've been impacted the most, transformed the most from the inside out is through being in his presence, participating in worship. I don't know about you guys, but the minute I walk in that door, I have disciplined myself that I know all the junk, maybe because we're all dealing with something. When I go to leave, it's going to still be there at the door. So why let it hinder my, my time with him, pressing into his heart? And then all of a sudden I realized that when I was in his presence, two or three of them, things dropped off. They're not even there anymore. So we are transformed, literally, from the inside out by being in his presence. So make it a priority in your life. And the other awesome thing is I want to release Psalm 23 over you today. So this is how my personality works. To me, I'm going a little old school, Psalm 23. I felt like I was going back to a classic rock channel. (laughs) It was like an old Boston tune this morning. You know, or Journey, you know? But I'm like, man, when's the last time? So I literally get up and I've been meditating and it's been coming to me. But you know, like Psalm 23 is like classic five top hits. (laughs) The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Just want to speak over each and one of you that in God there's no lack. Wherever you feel diminished, 
There's no lack in him. So the Holy Spirit, fresh infilling. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He is leading you. He is guiding you. He is with you. He said, I'll never leave you. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And yet, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it's going to be things you're going to have to walk through in this life. He says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. That assurance of his presence walking you through the fire, walking you through the shadow. Your, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And how about this? You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Hallelujah. Amen, Sam? Happy birthday, Sam. Love this guy. Give this guy a big hug. Happy birthday, Sam. Facebook makes you the best friend ever. Right? Truth. Did I know it was Sam's birthday this morning? No. Facebook, thank you. Just a re- Good. Love that guy. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Went from lack to overflow in five verses. And I love this, verse 6. Because I don't know if you guys see it, but surely goodness and mercy are following me all the days of my life. Hi, guys. How are you? Too little. Like, there they are. Wherever I go, mercy and goodness. There they are. Surely goodness, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, I feel like it can end there, but I believe there's more. But Lord, we just release your word, the power of your word, the transforming power of Scripture, the power, the dunamis power of the word of God to come literally like a flood now and break things open and to shift things and to break things off and to reveal the heart of the Father. Oh, God, you're so good. You're so good. The Lord is my shepherd. Just say it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Thank you, Jesus. Satisfy us. Okay. Okay, I'm going to challenge all you 1979 disco fans. Marky, just for a little bit, maybe, you know, two minutes. So however you move, however you want to groove, okay? Amen. Come on, give the Lord a clap. We are family. Wow. Do I got something for you guys today? We're all family. We're dancing. Everybody's happy. It's all good. So how about this to start off this message? Where we are going as a church family, I believe the whole body of Christ, but we're a local church. And where we are going as a local church and what what God has called us to do. So we are called to a purpose. There's things for us to accomplish There's a destiny as a corporate body, co-heirs, co-laborers. 
where we are going and what we're called to do, being a family is a big deal. Being a family is a big deal. And here's the truth. Here's truth number one in your notes. It is so much easier to talk about it. (laughs) It's so much easier to talk about being a family than it is actually being a family. I mean, this is the essence of it. I call them buzzwords. I think they've been around forever, you know. My favorite of the last five years, three years, two years, go to a new level. You guys know everything's going to a new level. I mean, we don't want the water in Houston going to a new level. But everything's going to a new level. Right? I like these buzzwords. It gives us a picture. You don't want to stay here, you want to keep moving. Right? This hit me the other day. Or, or let me say it like this. Go on a family reunion for 13 days with your family. Go on a family reunion for 13 days with family. And you go, wow, families. It's amazing, families. It's amazing. So we call ourselves, so the buzzword to me, the body of Christ is, um, we do family here. Yeah. We do, we're a family. We do family. Now watch, this is kind of fun. I think it would have been easier if the only picture we have in scripture is the body. Because in the body, David, you're a heart. You're a knee. I'm a toe. You're a thumb. We're a liver. We're a kneecap. Right? In the body, you have a function. You've been placed in the body. And then we're just encouraged, don't be jealous of each other and stop fighting. Right? Don't be jealous of each other. Don't say to the ear, I don't need you. But in the body, it's like, I've been placed by God. I'm in the body. And I have a function, and I have a purpose, which is not bad, but it's a picture, and it works. Or how about the army? I like the picture of the army. I'm in the Lord's army. I'm a soldier for Christ, right? I was in the military. You know I liked the military? It was yes, sir, no, sir. My marching orders, go here, do this, do that. It was a chain of command. It was easy. It was, I'm in the Lord's army. Tell me what to do, sir. And there's corporals and privates and colonels and captains. Nice structure. You can kind of live in this structure. It's got order to it. But man, when you're in a family, whoa, a family? <laughs> when you're in a family, it's like, whoa. I'm not, I know I'm part of the body. I know I'm in the military, but now I'm in the family. Guess what? In the family, it gets dirty in the family. It gets messy. Let's, okay, I got, I got down here. Let's call out the elephant in the room. Let's call out the elephant in the room. Each and every one of us who can hear my voice, the word family, right? Think of Thanksgiving. The word family can be of such a place of reality of hurt, pain, heartbrokenness. We've usually, many of us here have been betrayed by our family. Some of them are estranged from some of our family. We don't enjoy being with our family. So let's just call that out. So in this big, beautiful picture, God, who is the creator, so relational, 
I believe that his number one purpose, what he desires as a father is he wants a family. So he wants a family, and that's why it's so intense. God is a relational God. He created us to be in family. So I just want to, you know, I've learned that this could be your very first time. You could have come to Christ last week. I just want you to know the language that's used in the Bible the most is a biblical language, and here's some of the things it talks about. There are fathers and mothers in the family. There are sisters and brothers. I got all my sisters and brothers in me. We have sons and we have daughters. We have children of God. We're members of God's household. We, there's a family of believers. So this language, and I'm going to give you some fun uh, references, because these are amazing passages of Scripture. Ephesians 2.19. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners or strangers but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you, are, and in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. There's a household of faith. You're part of a family. Brothers and sisters, Romans 12.1, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. That brotherly love is brethren. It's, it's not gender-related. It's my sisters and me, my brothers and me, giving preference to one another and honor. Love one another. 1 Peter 3.8, finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love is brothers. Love is brothers and sisters. Tender-hearted. Be, be courteous to one another. And how many remember in Matthew 5, Jesus says, if you're even offering it of a gift, if there's something, if you remember a, an offense or this, a, a brother or sister has something against you, stop. Like this language of brothers and sisters, loving one another, I love 1 John 3, 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. So if you are born again, if you have received Christ, if you've been quickened, literally from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of his Son, you are a child of God. You're part of the family of God. That's a reality. You are part of the family of God. 2 Corinthians 6, 1. I will be a father to you, says the Lord, and you will be my sons and my daughters. What a beautiful picture. Sonship. Romans 8, 16, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. John 1, 12, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. This whole beautiful picture of a family, brothers and sisters, sons and daughters, mothers and fathers, being of a household of faith. I, I, I believe that I can share a testimony by living this lifestyle that I love the local church. 
And I want to tell you that Wanda and I, my wife and I, have given our life to serve and to love the local church. We love our New Hope family. If you don't know me, I didn't even introduce myself. I'm, I'm Ralph. I'm one of, part of the pastoral team here, if, you, if you're new. But we've been here, we've been planted here for 30 years. 30 years of our life we've been here, loving, serving. How many of you know that in 30 years you've kind of seen it all? Said, Lord, you know, I have seen it all, Lord. But our lives, our lives have been blessed and transformed through what we say is our church family. Our church family. These are powerful words. The local gathering of the saints in a place that gathers is the local church. It's called home. We call it New Hope Community Church. But it's got to be a place that you call home. And the local church has been and will continue to be a vital, important part of everyone's spiritual life and growth. In this church, imagine 30 years of loving people, serving, going through highs and lows. How deep are the roots? Because you love the family of God. We talked about the elephant in the room. Anybody remember that cool, uh, was it Bruce Smith commercial with that one guy and he would, the cleat commercial, remember? He'd go, bad things, man. Anybody remember that commercial? <laughs> remember, who's that, that, that crazy guy that was an easy rider? Help me out. No, the other guy. Dennis Hopper, Hoosiers. Remember he did that thing? He goes, bad things, man, happened with these cleats. He was talking about Bruce Smith. If our picture of the local church is bad things happen there, man. <laughs> the local church, bad things happen there, man. That is a wrong perspective. I can tell you that without the local church, I would not be standing here today without my brothers and sisters in Christ leaning into me. There were, you know, I get crazy, but I was a hot mess. I was a hot mess. Pastor Tony, Pastor Carl, brothers and sisters, friends, man, where would my wife and I and five kids be without the body of Christ, my church family? Because I don't know about you guys, but there's something happens with our natural family. My mother is an Italian mother. You know, she's the I used to tell my friends, I had to break all these Italian curses. Nothing against the Italians there. <laughs> but my mother was the Italian, epitome of Italian. Man, we come to Christ, my wife and I, and we got a church family, and she's like that church family. <laughs> that church, you're not coming over Sunday for pasta? You got a, a family picnic? That church family's of the devil. They're keeping you from me. Because I like controlling my kids. <laughs> and she had to work it through. I'm, I'm picking on mom. Ma's in heaven. Ma's in heaven right now. But the point was, oh my goodness, your natural parents, your family, people, like where would we be without, I'm making a point, where would you be without your church family? So bad things, man, that's not the picture. It's where would I be without my church family? Where would I be without my church family? Yes. 
The elephant in the room. The church has caused pain. I'm not, and you know, this is not like walking in denial. Pain, hurt, heartache. But then all of a sudden what you see is that you continue to fight. You continue to fight for authentic family. You believe that the kingdom of God is here. Because the kingdom of God is here, it can manifest here and it can transform us so that we can actually see and experience heaven on earth in the way we live life. In the way we live life. I love raising the dead, signs and wonders, miracles. I love it all. I want it all. But if you get a group of people who call themselves family and they don't know how to love each other, poof, throw it away. 1 Corinthians 13. You can have all knowledge, all wisdom, prophesy, cast out demons, move mountains. You can do it all. And without love, you got nothing. So as a father and a mother, now we're in the season where we're grandparents. It's so awesome. And fathers and mothers, and you're imparting, you're, ra- you're watching, raising up the next generation. And well, you know what I tell them? In three to five years from now, the people you're building with, I hope they're your good friends. And you're going to find out that the best friends you have are the ones you went like this with with the most tension. And some of your best friends are the ones you went through the fire with. Because you're going to go through the fire. You know, Will did a really cool thing a few weeks ago. It was awesome. If you haven't listened to it, listen to Will's message. But he said a really cute thing. He paused. He had like a little Bill Johnson pause. He said, you know, you know, we've all been taught there's no shortcuts in the kingdom. A little pause, and somebody went, yeah, that's right, brother. Got to go around that mountain. And he said, no, actually, that's a lie. There's a lot of shortcuts in the kingdom. It was kind of cool how he did it. I loved it. Caught somebody. I heard him from behind me. Because the cool thing is, you know, it's a picture of God. It's the ease of the gospel. It's a union with God. But this whole idea is, God, he's just up there going, Go around that mountain, Ralphie boy, one more time. You didn't, you didn't get it this time. I can't wait till you come around. I'm going to go, fail, do it again. Another 40 years wandering in the desert. But here's the reality. The testing of your relationships in the family, no shortcuts. You can talk to me about that one if you want. Because I guarantee you, If you're 30-something, 40-something, I guarantee you that in the kingdom of God, you will have to endure fire in your relationships with one another. No doubt about it. So when we talk about being family, we're not talking about perfection. So let's just settle that. There's no perfect family. Ralphie's family's got a lot of problems. Issues, situations, things are going to improve, whatever word we want to put there. There's no perfect family. And if we were perfect the minute you came, it wasn't perfect anymore. (laughs) Ho, ho, little sting, ho. All families have issues, but we're still a family. Every family's working through something, guarantee it. Every family, they're working through something, but we're still a family. I like movies. Remember the old cool movie with Nicolas Cage when he was a family guy? And he it was like this high-rolling guy in New York City, remember? The family guy? And then he, then he was a tire salesman with like three kids. Fantastic movie. New one. The, the, I like this dude who plays in 300, the Gerard dude, right? That dude? He played in PS I Love You. I'm a movie nut. So if I'm losing you, 
Stay with me. There's a new version of the family man. It's a tearjerker. My wife's away Saturday night, tissue box, crying. <laughs> I miss you, Wanda, family man, priorities. I love it. I'm crying, cookies, bob bobs. I'm just uh, losing it. So in this movie, I'm preparing this message, and the guy says, the guy says in the movie, all families have issues. There's no perfect family, but we're still a family. And I'm like, prophetic, boom, I wrote it down. <laughs> boom, that was it. You know what we're really talking about here? We're talking about being committed to it. We're being committed to being a family. And it's always easier talking about anything. Talk about stuff to your blue in the face. Walk it out. Being a family. We have to remind each other of this. We have to remind each other of what we're actually fighting for. And what are we actually contending for? Because to me, I wrote this description down. I did it a few times. But in my opinion, what we're actually fighting for is to see the fullness of his kingdom. There's a fullness of his kingdom, the rule and reign of King Jesus manifesting on the earth, displayed, revealed for all to see. And it happens first right in here. The rule and reign of God in me, the rule and reign of God in my family, the rule and reign of God in my church family. To see Jesus, to see heaven come to earth, and that we can actually be a demonstration. We can actually be a people who are transformed by the power of the gospel. That the kingdom of God is here, that we have a good king, and that the kingdom will come and his will will be done in our lives. So being a family is a big deal. Being a family requires commitment. Galatians 6, 9 has always been a great scripture for me. And let us not grow weary while doing good. Stay the course, saints. Stay the course. Do, don't grow weary. Keep it up. Keep going. We have a, an apostle that we admire and love and influences this house, Harold Eberly. I was with Harold one day. I shared this with a friend recently. It came to back to my mind. And he said, what if the greatest thing we ever did to the body of Christ as leaders is say, you know what? You can make it. You can encourage them. Keep going. You can do it. Encouragement is a powerful thing. So what if that was a great, you know, to bring encouragement to say, keep going. Don't grow weary and let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season we shall reap if we don't lose heart. Come on. We're contending for a healthy demonstration of a family. Let's be committed to it. Let's, let's be determined to it. Not perfection. Amen. A commitment to walking it out. I have a few things here that, um, so if you don't know, I have five children. Stephen and I were out for, uh, felt, Stephen took me out for dinner. Wives are away. The guys will play. <laughs> we had a good time. We meet this crazy guy. It was crazy, right, Steve? We meet this crazy guy named Wayne. I'm going to go follow through on him. He was totally intoxicated. Steve and I were enjoying his craziness. <laughs> we, but uh, I, I shared this with Beth because he was F-bombing and F-ing and this and F-ing that. And, you know, I, I, I got 30 years in blue-collar work with mechanics. I know what that's all about. <laughs> but Beth goes, you know, he was attracted to you and Steve. 
The kingdom's attractive. It's attractive. And so I have five children. He, I told him how old I, you know, I, I think, uh, I, have, I have a son 36 years old. He said, wow, he looked good for, th- you know, that's good. I go, thank you very much. Keep telling me encouragement. It was really nice. <laughs> so five children, two boys, three girls, oldest 36, baby 28. How many of you know it never turns out like you thought it was going to turn out? Never does. What you thought you had planned for them, some of your dreams for them, then you learn that in a family you allow people to grow. Everybody's got their own journey. So here's some things I observed on a family vacation reunion. The whole family got together, probably 35 of us. So if if we're committed to being a family, he's just a few. This topic could go on forever. We can talk about family for a long time. But I kind of like a few of these. Please, as members of a family, please learn to listen. Learn to listen. And you know, not the type of listening where you're listening with your rebuttal. (laughs) I'm listening, got my rebuttal. I found out something kind of ugly about myself recently. Felt like I was being attacked or my family was being attacked. Something was being said. I'm trying to listen and I'm getting ready to retaliate. I was in retaliation mode. The Holy Spirit says, just listen. Just listen. Had to take retaliation, download it, throw it in the trash bin, get rid of it later. And the Holy Spirit said, just listen. And as I listened, you know, there's a lot of different vantage points to looking at something. You know, my way isn't the only way of seeing anything. So as a member of a family, I encourage you in your own family, in your church family, skill set, develop, mature, continue to grow, learn to listen. Everybody has a blind spot. You have a brother and sister. If you love them, I could have looked up all the scriptures, right? But you got a blind spot. And somebody loves you enough to talk to you about it, which, I was, which is my second one. So please learn to listen. Most of the conflicts I do pastorally with people, two people, you know, like, Wah! they're just screaming at each other. Nobody's listening. Can you stop for a minute and listen? to the heart of what the person is trying to communicate to you? How about this one? Let's have the courage to talk. Let's have the courage to talk. Like, I'm, I mean, old school. <laughs> I, I, like, like, we're talking like, can we talk face to face? Can we actually go out for coffee or water or whatever? Can we sit at the same booth? Look at each other in the eye, share heart to heart, and can we talk? Do we have the courage to talk? I know it's a new day. I don't think talking is outdated. (laughs) I really don't. Don't you love all these cool AI, artificial intelligence movies? You know, like, they're just like, we don't even talk. We're just like, you know, like, whatever. (laughs) Talk. Now, I put down this, have the courage to talk. In a, if, we're, if, we're, if we're remembering what we're fighting for and what we're contending for, to see a demonstration of the kingdom actually among us demonstrated, and we, and we are, New Hope is a healthy greenhouse. We got good soil. There's a good atmosphere here. And it doesn't mean, see, here's what's crazy. Anybody ever plant a garden? It's not like, wow, the greenhouse looks amazing. 
the soil is amazing, the atmosphere is amazing, the water air mixture is amazing, and then you walk away. No, actually, it's like uh, to sustain this thing, a lot of work is going in. A lot, it doesn't just like, we've arrived, we're good soil, we're a greenhouse, we're amazing. <laughs> no, it's like, to be a healthy family, we better keep going after it, keep contending for it. Watch, you know, watch them relationships. Watch them, you know, it's a little tiny thing in there. Keep weed in the garden, keep watering it. Keep working it. Because before, you know, you, you neglect a really good garden for like three weeks, go back and look at it, it's a mess right? It's a mess. So this idea of having courage to talk, have courage to work it out, the long haul, you will be happy. In the long haul, cute story happened this week. I asked this dear brother if I could share this story. Crazy thing about Facebook is when you're friends with somebody on Facebook and they just cut their heart out all the time, you know, you, you know and then you're, you're not spying, they're your friend. They said yes. And then all of a sudden, you're watching them, and they're going through something. Because the thread is getting crazy. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, sometimes the thread gets crazy. We're like, we're like, like, we're like out of control. This was maybe an out of control situation. Talk to Steve about it. Because the truth is, like, for me, navigating a whole new thing of pastoral care. You know? I didn't hear him say it, I didn't talk to him about it, but yeah, he's all over Facebook. It's, it's out of control. So the cool thing is, isn't it funny how you have to, now guess what, I didn't text him. Hey dude, you're out of line. I called him on the phone. I wanted to meet for coffee. I wanted to do face to face. He was busy. I said, could I love you enough as a father-son relationship to share something with you? You're out of control. The minute you take a risk, Right now, you know what people love? Like, okay, I'm sorry. I don't want to go down that. You're taking a risk. Because now, Pastor Ralph's trying to tell me how to live my life. Pastor Ralph's controlling me. Pastor Ralph is doing A, B, or C. No, how about personal responsibility? How about you actually are part of a family? Because you're part of the family. You are reflecting us. You are reflecting us right now. And you are out of control. And it's not who you are anyway. It's not who you are. You got caught in the trap. You got caught in the dialogue. You got caught in the frenzy. Take a risk because he could jet. He could not come back. Pastor Ralph's control freak trying to tell me how to live my life. Or this scenario played out exactly like you want it to. Pastor Ralph, thank you. Thank you for having the courage to talk to me in love with a heart that was like, dude, you're better than this. And guess what was so cool? Two days before I called him, he'd been under conviction for two days. You know what's cool about relation building with people? then you can break off. There's no condemnation in Christ. You're, not, you're in Christ. You can grow. Learn from it. Grow. Don't do the pitfall. Be mature. Develop as a person. But we're connected. That's how it works out. Have courage to talk. You're part of a family. Personal responsibility. 
You're going to be tested in this thing called family. I, just, I already did that. I do have a neat thing that uh, if you want deep roots with anybody, it will require work and deep love and servanthood toward each other. It's the only way it happens. Yes. Under personal responsibilities, I'm going to land this thing with a few things that I think are kind of funny, but that I think are really serious. Because this is an observation over many decades of loving the body of Christ. Under this, I'm just saying it's personal responsibility. It's your personal responsibility of a, as a member of the family to invest in others. It's your personal responsibility to take risks with people. It's your personal responsibility to serve, to forgive, and to have open hearts toward those around you. No pastor, no leadership team, no conference. It's up to you. Your own spiritual life is yours. Take a hold of it. Be responsible. Don't have to get crazy right now, but that's important. As a church family, I find it fascinating because now I'm going to try. I can't, I, I got, watch, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to land this thing, but I got to do my little, I just want to talk to you a little bit. Uh, I'm trying to do the Godfather, if you don't know. So that's <laughs> There are certain things that are responsible if you want to be part of the family. <laughs> there's, there's, we want you to honor the family. There's things we expect out of you. There's things we expect out of you to be part of the family. And I got down, stopped the impression. Now you just, you got that, right? So imagine the Godfather talking to us. What I think is amazing about family is we love the part where we love this. Now, I love this. Honor one another. You all have value, which is true. Every member. Let's not look at each other in the flesh. Let's look at each other in our God-designed. God, we're creating his image, the gifts and talents. We want to see every person valued. I can tell you that in this house, every person matters. There's so many people behind the scenes doing amazing things. And we love secure sons and daughters. But then in a family, we begin to talk about giving. Pull out the money. Begin to talk about giving. Well, well, Godfather, we have to give. Yes, you have to give. So I'm going to say something. Steve can correct me later. I told him I would be good. I tell him, Steve, Steve, I'll be good. I'll be good. But if I could go back in time, if I could, this church celebrates 40 years. There's two things I would do, men in black. See, I'm, I'm movie references all day here. Men in black, we scan the brain, right? We forget stuff, we get, scan the brain. We all got a fresh brain. Every single believer who's loved and secured and know they're valued, every believer has a brain scan and they go like this, giving, of course, who doesn't give? Everybody gives in the family. The other thing is, in my opinion, every person should work with children. Them, them are my two personal brain scans. I believe Hillary Clinton had one thing right. It takes a village to raise a kid. It takes a community to pour into the next generation of children. Breaks my heart when I'm beating the bushes to get two volunteers to work with kids. Enough said. Okay, I'm just being honest. So watch, though. The Godfather would say, you've got to give us money. 
Yeah, not just money, but time, servanthood. But if you don't give, so watch how this plays out. You go to a big family reunion. So let's just do the very practical thing. I watched this unfold. How many of you know when you go to a big family reunion, you rent the cottage? You rent the cottage. We rent the boat, the party boat for the day, 300 bucks. There is beer, believe it or not. We like a little beer, coolers, food, steaks, burgers. We're celebrating. We're partying. It's a family reunion. It's summer. Everybody's there. And all of a sudden, I hear the, the I hear the, I hear, hear that something's not right. And you know what people notice? Uncle Frank didn't give us nothing. <laughs> Uncle Frank couldn't pull $50 out of his pocket. Uncle Frank didn't give to the party. And trust me, everybody knows Uncle Frank didn't do it. So we don't cut Uncle Frank. I'm telling you, Uncle Frank, you're dead to me, Uncle Frank. No. <laughs> you're dead to me. Uncle Frank. Take him out on the boat. <laughs> no, right? But I'm, trust me, in a family, in a family, everybody knows Uncle Frank didn't give the $50. <laughs> what if you are here today and you're part of the family? You're a guest. You got this Sunday off. But I hope that in your local church where you love and serve, if you're not reaching into your pocket and you're not giving money to the local church, we got to talk about this. We got to talk about this. Because you enjoyed the party boat, the cottage, the lights, the carpet, the chair you're sitting on, the cafe. You enjoy everything. Wonder why people were mad at Uncle Frank? Because he had three burgers, a hot mac salad. He had two cold beers, and he enjoyed the party boat. And Uncle Frank didn't give nothing to it. Enough said. How about this one? How about this one? Come on. How about this one? We all need to serve. We all take responsibility for carrying the load of a local church. Do your part. Make a contribution. Help out. Do something. Find a way to give back. Now watch this. This is what kills me. Family reunion. Watch this unfold right before my eyes. Because how many of you know you get 30 people together? In, my, in our little family, there's like 12, 15 of us. You know, how many meals are we cooking? Well, you know, there, there isn't a maid there. We didn't hire the maid service. We're vacuuming, cleaning, ongoing sustainability of the cottage in the house, and there's dishes to be done. Very practical thing. And all of a sudden, you get the buzz. You guys know the buzz is, you feel the, the harmony is broken. The family's not doing well. What's going on? I come in, I go, what's going on? Have you noticed, brother, whoever, he ain't take one dish turn. He ain't washed a dish here. He's been here three days. He hasn't lifted a fork. He hasn't picked up the trash. He hasn't made a contribution to helping us out. I'm going to tell you, the family knows. The family knows. We're cleaning up. You couldn't help out. You couldn't say, I'll take a dish turn. You couldn't say, I'll pick up the trash. You've made no contribution to serve and carry the load. So in a family got to do your part, got to help out, got to get involved. 
Because there's a lot of stuff going on in a family. You got to give, you got to serve, you got to listen, you got to have the courage to talk. And the biggest thing is, we have to have the courage to talk about this stuff. We have to have the courage to talk about this. Now, I'm not going to steal any of Steve's thunder, but Steve and Joy are like awesome. And this is our 40th year as a church. So I asked, I asked the Holy Spirit how to navigate through this because this is, it can be, I don't want to sound, I mean, trust me, the Spirit of God's in me, I do not want to sound rude. But here's the picture I had. There are fathers and mothers, builders and sowers, who this, this church was planted 40 years ago. And so here's the way I'd like to say it. I personally am enjoying what other people built. I have enjoyed what other people sacrificed, hard work, blood, sweat, and tears, laid the foundation. I'm enjoying what other people's built, what other people built. And then my wife and I and five kids come here, and we're part of the family, and now we've got the, you know, we got the, the, the concrete brush, and we're laying some brick, and we've, we're giving and serving, and I can honestly say before God and everybody who knows my wife and family and I, we gave to the house. Yes. And we served. And now, just being honest, Ben and Crystal haven't been here for 30 years. I'm just picking you out of the crowd right now, nothing personal. You're enjoying what other people have built here. Now, I know you've sown other places, but my point is this. Every one of us has a responsibility. What are, you, what are we all going to build for Marissa and Livy and Juliana? What are we going to do the next 40 years? What are we going to build? Because it's going to take the whole family. Remember how I started this message? I was in bed at 5 o'clock this morning. Can anybody do that? You can't sleep? And all the Holy Spirit kept saying to me is, where New Hope is going and what I have for them to accomplish, family is a big deal. Amen. I literally got my phone right there. I don't know if you guys do this. So you silence the chaos. You're talking in the phone. Do it later. Please give me another hour of sleep. <laughs> but literally, that's my message today. Where we are going and what God has called us to, family is a big deal. And every member has to do their part. Stand up with me. I want to just uh, release closure to this and I believe that what I'm personally praying for and what I believe God's heart is for the whole body of Christ but we are a local church a family called New Hope Community Church and I pray and I say God we're going after this God we're going after this and Holy Spirit we say we need your help we want you to lead us to fill us because our greatest pursuit our greatest pursuit will be to see and experience the kingdom of God manifesting among us. We declare that if this is possible because heaven invades. The King Jesus and his kingdom can penetrate every area of life. The gospel has the power to transform us. And we want to be a living demonstration of what it looks like to be a healthy family. Not perfect, not perfection, a group of people committed to one another, to seeing the kingdom revealed, to seeing heaven displayed, and to see the word of God and the power and the advancement of the kingdom of God on the earth through our very lives. So Lord, we seal this word. I pray for each and every person that be encouraged, edified, built up, and challenged all in the same breath. 
So we love you and we declare your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more information on this or other resources, please go to newhopecom.org.